Welcome to PSQH, the podcast. I'm your host, Jay Kumar, Editor-in-Chief of PSQH. On this episode, I talk to Shay Overcash, Director of Quality Assurance at Javara, about how to properly maintain patient safety during clinical trials. And now, on to the interview. I'm joined today by Shay Overcash, Director of Quality Assurance at Javara. Welcome, Shay. Thanks, Jay. It's great to be here with you today. Great to have you here. Um, before we start uh, talking about clinical trials, I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and Javara. Yeah, sure, sure. So I've actually been in the clinical research industry for about 17 years uh, and served in roles that supported site operations uh, within clinical research. And I started as a clinical research coordinator with a physician-owned practice way back when we still used carbon copies for, mm-hmm. for transferring data. Uh, and fell in love with the career then. But I've seen many shifts in in the industry over the years. Um, But the heart of what we do in in clinical research, of course, remains the same. Um, I joined Javar in 2019, just as the company was emerging and at the starting point of of really making waves in the industry. And I haven't looked back since. Nice. Well, let's uh, let's get into it. I want to ask you, what are some best practices to consider when maintaining the safety and trust of patients who are participating in clinical trials? Yeah, sure. Uh, so really, patients are people, uh, and people need to feel heard and, and seen and, and feel valued. Um, and because Javara establishes relationships and partnerships with physicians at the point of care who know their patients the best, providers are able to connect options beyond standard of care to their patients. And this is at the heart of of what is CRACO, or clinical research as a care option. So clinical research offers a high touch opportunity uh, just due to the nature of safety by design in clinical trials. Um, And there are more opportunities for patients to feel connected to their care during those study visits since there are more you know, research clinic visits um, than typical in, in standard of care. So this just this allows the patients to, um, you know, really be an advocate for their own health options and care options, and and really often feel more uh, overall compliant as as a patient and connected to their their journey. Is that more of a, a recent trend in clinical trials? Would you say, or has that been have they been doing that kind of you know for a while now? Yeah, clinical research as a care option really is a mission of, of ours here at Javara, and it's really kind of picking up steam. And mm-hmm. uh, it was founded by our uh, founder, Jennifer Byrne, in, in 2011. And it really is the mission of, of Javara to, to really have clinical research on the menu of options for, for our patients um, and our providers. Uh, so what is the IRO model to connect clinical research to clinical care? Yeah, so Javara serves as a trusted partner to healthcare organizations to functionally and strategically manage the site operations side of the partnership, uh, along with many of the other back-of-the-house functions, such as business development, marketing, uh, regulatory processing, of course, learning and development, finance, you know, and and internal quality assurance. So, um, like I mentioned, our, our mission is to deliver clinical research as a care option through unity and trust by enabling the integration of clinical research and clinical care to improve health and change lives. So really think of Javara as a bridge for patients and providers between clinical research and clinical care. 
So we're bridging the gap to increase the access to clinical trial opportunities for both physicians and patients uh, to allow uh, clinical research to be on the menu of options for, for patient care. Um, so to ensure quality assurance uh, in clinical research, what are the roles of CROs and IROs? Yeah, that's a really good question and often, um, you know, can, can be confused, especially those new to the industry. So clinical research is a highly regulated industry and the roles of, of CROs or contract research organizations is different than that of an IRO or an integrated research organization. CROs support the pharma and biotechnology and medical device companies through trial management services that they're contra contracted to do, while the IRO really focuses on the execution and site operations of the clinical trial. Uh, the IRO is, is really the patient-facing side of the industry to conduct that clinical trial. And patient safety and data integrity are foundational to the roles and responsibilities of, of IROs and, and CROs. But the similarity is that both organizations adhere to federal regulations and good clinical practices. And as part of that, there's close monitoring in every clinical trial uh, and sponsors and CROs assign a clinical research associate or, or a CRA to review the data and general conduct of every single clinical trial. And so our site operations team works with the CRA during interim monitoring visits to ensure that they have access to review you know, all research data and all regulatory records and interact with the principal investigator, who's the physician that's, that's overseeing the trial. So that's how, kind of how we operate differently, but we also partner and come together for the, for the conduct of the trial. Uh, are CROs more common in the industry right now? Yeah, so, so Biopharma um, and, and sponsors often will, will select a CRO to help, you know, contract a lot of those services and, and those management pieces. So they can really focus on the, you know, innovation mm -hmm. of, of products and protocols while the, the contract organization can kind of help with the execution with with operations. Um, and let's talk about quality strategy. What would go into a, a good quality strategy for, uh, for clinical trials? Yeah, sure. So at Javara, our, our quality strategy is to have quality control and quality assurance activities threaded throughout each functional department, which comprises, you know, like an overall quality management system. As far as our internal quality strategies on the ground at the point of care, we have three primary buckets for quality delivery. And, and the first is comprehensive planning and preparation. You know, that, that period of planning and preparation is, is so key. And I always say that quality delivery does not happen by chance, but it's really an outcome of intentional planning and, and preparation. Um, secondly to that, I would say a, a big bucket of our quality strategy is risk management. So reducing, reducing risk by attributing specific workflows to specific roles um, and establishing critical control points and interweaving that, that dual verification process into the workflow. So risk management is, would be the second. Um, and then thirdly, internal quality governance. So having you know, standard operating procedures, having an internal audit program and ongoing internal monitoring of, of key quality indicators. 
um, are our quality strategies that really set us apart from from some other, you know, IROs and and site management organizations as well. And is that something that sort of, uh, you know, Javara's kind of developed over over the years, or was that kind of always the strategy going into these? Yeah, I would say bits of that is would always be the strategy. But uh, when we were established, you know, building our quality program really was was at the feet of myself and a, and a few colleagues. And so we determined, you know, what our strategy is going to be, what our our key critical um, points of dual verification and and um, regional assignment for for internal monitoring and and that sort of thing from a strategic standpoint, but also a standardized approach to how we operate. So our clinical trial navigators, um, who are our researchers on the ground, know where to go for their, you know, standard operating procedures and what's expected of them and how we um, adhere to, you know, specific procedures and processes, but also better regulations, um, comply with the protocol and good clinical practices as well when they're executing the trial on the ground. And what are the four cornerstones of clinical research? Yeah, so at a high level, our four cornerstones are patient safety, data integrity, best practices and having standard procedures, of course, and then lastly, inspection readiness. Um, those, those are the four um, by which, you know, are, are the cornerstones. So patients are a priority, of course, and the benefits of participating in research must outweigh the risks. Um, for that individual. And patients make an informed decision prior to participating through, you know, a robust informed consent process where it's a, it's a choice. It's a decision if they would like to um, participate in, in a trial as, as a care option. Um, and then the second one I mentioned was data integrity. And simply without good data, new drugs will not be granted approval. So um, that safety data and the efficacy data must be in good working order to, you know, advance drugs and devices through the phases of research in order to bring them to market. Um, and then adherence to standard procedures, like I mentioned, best practices, SOPs, you know, those are in place for a reason and written um, in a way that must be followed and in compliance again with regulations and, and GCTs. Um, I would say, too, you know, part of that best practices and SOPs uh, and research ALCOA guidelines are the gold standard for documentation uh, practices. And I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with, with that. But if there's someone that is not, I would encourage you to do a simple Google search for ALCOA guidelines just to learn more. You know, it's attributable, legible, contemporaneous, original, and accurate. All of those, those key points for documentation are, are so, so important in clinical research. Um, and like I mentioned previously, clinical research is a highly regulated field, so remaining inspection ready at all times is of utmost importance as well. Um, how often do inspections take place? I have no idea. You know, it really can. Yeah, yeah, it, it really can vary. Um, there, there can be sponsor audits, there can be third party audits, and then there can be regulatory inspections. Uh, the FDA, and, and it really determine, is determined by um, 
if you're selected at random or if there is a for calls reason, you know, for calls reasons can simply be if you're a high enroller and, and or you have an outlier of data and they want to know why your particular site had an outlier. But, you know, it's, it's hard to pinpoint, but I would say sponsor audits. Um, if you're a pretty busy research organization, anywhere between three and four a year. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, FDA inspections would be much less than that um, so far. Um, yeah, this year we have not had but two sponsor audits. So that kind of gives you a perspective there. Okay. Um, so obviously, like during the pandemic, there was a lot of pressure to, you know, come up with a vaccine and, and the trials kind of, you know, maybe were sped up quicker than they normally would be. Uh, has that pandemic changed how clinical trials are done or is there sort of kind of, you know, now that the emergency is over, uh, are you kind of back to doing things the way that they were done before, you know, pre-pandemic? Right, right. Um, so the pandemic definitely sped the process. However, protocols and um, safety and efficacy, you know, standards were, were certainly still in place. Mm -hmm. um, that did feel like it was a, a rush to, you know, find a, an option for, you know, world health. And certainly things were um, at a much faster pace and moved at a much faster pace. Now we are back to standard practices with, with specific, you know, more regulated timelines and um, back to standard procedure with, with trial activation and, and approval um, in that format. Yeah, and I guess, you know, under emergency conditions, you're kind of, you know, everything's <laughs> being thrown right at that to obviously come up with a, you know, uh, a remedy for this huge emergency. So. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It, it launched, you know, such an expedited um, period for for getting something on the ground um, as for the vaccine. But also, I would say a silver lining of of the pandemic is really bringing to light what research does for health outcomes, mm -hmm. you know, and for world health. And so that, you know, from a perspective of a of a researcher. For the first time, you know, people were sitting around their dinner tables having conversations about the clinical trials, you know, and, and <laughs> so that that really brought to light, you know, what what the industry does for, um, you know, new treatment options. Mm -hmm. Well, Shay, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been uh, fascinating. Yeah, great, great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, if you have any listeners that would like to find us and, and find some more information, you can find us at www.javararesearch.com. And Javara is J-A-V-A-R-A research.com. Awesome. Thank you. That wraps up episode 86 of PSQH, the podcast. You can find more information about the podcast and listen to on-demand shows at psqh.com. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get podcasts. Thanks again and stay safe.